0: Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. A bard is a storyteller who recites traditional texts associated with a particular oral tradition. And I'm here to recite and to amplify what the literature of the Bible says about who is God and who are human beings. Here's the place we are at today. In the previous couple of podcasts, we looked at God's negative and positive emotions. In this lesson we are quoting several passages in the Bible that speak of God's justice and his righteousness. Now human feelings have causes and these causes can have a couple of sources. First, our natural rush of emotions occurs in the midst of experience and second we might have emotions derived from moral sources from our sense of justice, rightness, and what some call intuitions or feelings about the abstract concepts that we learned and accepted as children. Someone might argue that these two sources are the same thing. But in the rush of experience, something happens. How I feel about it depends on the morality I've been taught or not taught. What I feel in the moment, I only feel because of the morality I've absorbed but I'm distinguishing between these two sources because the following text makes a distinction. Romans chapter two, verse 15, it states quote, since they humanity show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness and their thoughts now accusing now even defending them unquote. According to this text, Each of us has something called the conscience. The conscience is a little voice in the mind or an intuition in the heart that guides us in distinguishing right from wrong in a situation. When an action occurs, our thoughts may, the Bible says, accuse or defend ourselves or others concerning the morality of the event. The conscience is not an expected or required outcome of It's superfluous to evolution and not an automatic or emergent phenomena related to some complex brain. No scientist can explain its presence in the minds of most human beings. By the way, the Bible states in 1 Timothy 4, verse 2, written over 2,200 years ago, that those who no longer hear this inner voice have stopped acting on what the conscience says, until, quote, the Bible states, their consciences have been seared as with a hot iron, unquote. So, I think the Bible is teaching, if you ignore your conscience long enough, and don't do what it tells you, you lose the felt experience of this moral guide. Now, as noted in a previous lesson, if you were betrayed by someone you trusted, it is normal in the midst of that experience to feel jealousy and anger. If a criminal robs you and is caught and then appropriately punished, it's normal to feel justice has been served in your part. While the perpetrator may not like being caught, even the criminal can feel the justice of conviction and punishment. The English Bible translates a single Hebrew or Greek word two ways, either righteous and just or righteousness and justice. Here in Zephaniah, chapter three, verse five, the text states, quote, the just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity, unquote. And in Ezra, chapter nine, verse 15, the text reads, quote, O Lord God of Israel, you are righteous," unquote. When we compare these texts to be righteous or just, means to have the character that always leads one to do the right thing in dealing with others. When speaking of God's righteousness or justice, the text asserts that God never commits a moral wrong. It says, quote, the just Lord will not do iniquity, unquote. Using the metaphor of light and darkness, for morality and immorality, the writer in the book 1 John 1, verse 5, states, quote, This is the message we have heard from him. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all, unquote. Using this metaphor of light and dark, the author asserts that God is morally perfect, and he never acts in a way that is harsh, selfish, mean, cruel, or evil. This is a wonderful attribute of God. Of course, people sometimes point out events historical or occurred where they criticize God for either causing or allowing a horrific event to occur. I've heard such critics actually claim egotistically that if they, a human being, had only had God's power, they would have prevented such an, a bad event from occurring. They're implying in that statement that their moral feelings are superior to God's. And of course, this is a logical impossibility. Number two, no human being occupies a platform that provides them with an eternal perspective and a reputation of unblemished character and impeccable personal judgment. Such a statement is logically laughable, though if applied to people. Once anyone becomes acquainted with What the Bible actually says about God, it's difficult to remain so partisan that one cannot think clearly about biblical statements. Remaining ignorant of what the Bible tells us about God and his action just gives us room to say stupid things. The Bible Bard exists to provide listeners with the actual statements made by the authors of the text of the Bible about God and about people. I'm not arguing that the statements I'm sharing are true. That is a totally different discussion. In a post-Christian culture, I'm more interested in the answer to the question, do you know what the Bible teaches? Then I'm interested in the answer to the question, do you believe what the Bible teaches? Believe whatever you want, but at least listen to the teachings of the best-selling book in all generations at least be educated in what this book states about God and others, which you'll find is foundational to your understanding of the humanities, of the ideas of Western civilization and moral concepts. If you do not know what the Bible says, you just can't hope to understand Western philosophy, art, literature, and music, for the greatest philosophers, the best artists, the best writers and musicians, often understood and either were reacting in their art against the Bible thoughts or agreeing with and amplifying a Bible thought. To not know what the Bible teaches is to live in a kind of humanistic fog that obscures the mountaintops and valleys of human experience and limits such a person to a constricted view of only the ground beneath their feet. This is the way the Bible bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Send the Bible Bard any questions or remarks you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you. Thanks in advance for following and sharing content from the Bible Bard community. Thanks for listening.